0: Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel-Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Jesus is here. I can just feel his presence. It's been such a beautiful evening who's ready for more come on who's ready for more well before we jump in I just wanted to release some prophetic uh, words over some people that I got during worship is that okay all right well first I, there was a couple I don't know if you're a couple but in the very back corner back yes you stand up are you guys together or you are a couple okay great Okay, great. So you just got to ask. You can't assume. (laughs) But um, I, I was walking in the back, and you guys were very highlighted to me. And I just saw the aroma of heaven coming off of you guys. And I saw this fragrance coming off of you. And I knew that the fragrance was faithfulness. And I feel like the Lord just wants to honor your faithfulness in this season and that he sees you. And I even saw you guys as pioneers, that you were making a way, you were making a way for your family. And I just see that there has been contending in the seeker place because you're pioneering something for your generations after you. You're making a new way. Does that make sense? (laughs) Well, let's just extend our hands towards them. God, I thank you for this couple, God. I thank you for the call, the anointing on their life, Lord. I thank you for the pioneering spirit that you put on them, Lord. I pray, God, for grace and courage in this season. The Lord is saying, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. So, God, we bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. There was also these three ladies here. I don't know if you guys are together. Um, yes, you three, are you guys together? Okay, can you stand up? Are you guys friends? Okay, cool. Uh, when I was in worship, I saw the words dynamite over you guys. <laughs> and the and the word, I saw dynamite, and then I saw the picture of dynamite stick, and I saw joy written across it. And I just feel like you guys are dynamite and that you're, you're called to bring change, to disrupt things, to shift atmospheres. And I see something about shifting things for family. I see something about family. And I don't know if there's one of you that um, has been contending for a spouse or for a relative that's close. Is that one of you contending for a spouse for something? Maybe something, but I just saw there's been like a contending and I see this breakthrough coming through your prayers and through the faithfulness of just believing and declaring. So we just bless you guys in Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you that they're called to bring, to bring changes, God, into every sphere that you've called them into. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's a couple more people, but they're not in the room, so I think I'll find them after. Um, there was one name that I just kept hearing. Is there someone named Rebecca in the room? Rebecca? Rebecca? Are you Rebecca? Awesome. Can you stand? I just kept hearing the name Rebecca, and the first thing I sensed was this, this heart, the heart of Jesus that he's pursuing you that he's pursuing you and that you are his daughter. And I just see the Lord placing this crown of beauty over your head. And he's saying, you are mine, Rebecca. You are mine. I've called you for such a time as this. He sees you. You are not forgotten. You are called to great things. He's put a call in you. You may not see it, but he, has, he sees it and he's calling it out tonight. You were born for such a time as this. Can you just put your hand in your heart? I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you for Rebecca. Lord, I thank you that you see her, that you see her, God, that you call her by name. Lord, I thank you that you have placed a crown of beauty, of identity over her. Lord, that you have called her your daughter. Lord, that you you say that she is altogether beautiful. There is no flaw in you. <laughs> And God, I thank you. We just honor and bless the call of God on her life. I thank you, God, for courage. I just see courage coming into you. There's courage to say yes. There's courage to say yes. To say yes to the call in the season. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, for her in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. How many of you are just grateful for Jesus? Just love Jesus. Who loves Jesus? <laughs> Come on. You know, the greatest threat to the enemy is not how anointed you are. It's not how gifted you are. It's not how big of a platform you have or how much favor you have. You know what the greatest threat to the devil is? When you know who you are and whose you are. And because he knows that, there's gonna be a target against that. Because you were created to be the object of God's affection. You were created for love. This is how he, this is why he created you, is to be loved by him. It's to be loved by him. And God placed a need in us. There is a permanent need in every person's heart in this room for the love of Jesus. There is a permanent place that only Jesus can fulfill, right? Nothing else can satisfy that need like Jesus and his love and the thing with with christian culture is that it's easy to become doers more than lovers god desires lovers more than he desires doers he desires lovers and i believe there is a call there's a calling back, back there's, he's calling back the church to their, his first love, to their first love. He's calling the church back and he's saying, hey, come back to your first love. Come back to your first love where it's all about me, where I'm the main thing. And tonight, the title of my message is called Keeping the Main Thing, the main thing. <laughs> You know, God's love is our natural environment. It is like the air we breathe. We need His love. We need it. Just like if you took a fish out of water, what would happen? It would die, right? If you took a flower out of the soil, it's out of its natural environment and it will die. The same is that when we stop, when we step out of the source of love, what's gonna happen? We're gonna spiritually slowly die. This is what, why we are so created to depend on the love of Jesus. And this is why we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And I don't think anyone ever intends to stop making the main thing the main thing, right? I don't think that's ever our intention Right? That's not, that's not something we wake up one day and be like, I'm just not going to make the main thing the main thing. I'm not going to make Jesus my number one. Right? Like no one wakes up thinking that way. But what happens is the enemy will begin to use distraction. He begins to come in with distraction because if he can't get us to sin, he'll get us distracted from the main thing. If he can't make uh, sin a priority, he's going to make distraction a priority. He's going to make the main thing the second thing in your life. Yeah. That is his target against believers. This is this making sense? <laughs> yeah. You know, last week, um, analogy I was kind of thinking of, I was doing some, I don't even know what these are called or what those called? <laughs> but, but the but the bar. I don't, Yes, that thing, or with the bar, Ben's like into working out right now, and I'm like trying to keep up with him, and I just can't. I'm like trying, all, yeah, bench press, that's what it was. And I totally put out a rib, and it was so painful. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Gotta start maybe a lot lower than that. But I woke up, and I just, I had a rib out of place for like five days, and I was in so much pain. And I just couldn't even like lay on my left side. It was so uncomfortable. And I was thinking today, I'm like, man, that is what it's like when we are out of alignment with God. When we are not in the source of love, it is out of alignment. That is, when you, that, that is you coming out of alignment with God's original design for you to be in that source of love. And when I put that rib out, I'm telling you, all other places in my body started to be affected. My foot, my arm. Like, I'm like, how is this related to my rib, right? The same is when we step out of that source, it's going to affect different areas of our lives that we didn't even think would be, right? We need to stay connected. This is our design to be in alignment with God and where the main thing is the main thing. You know, I think we've overcomplicated Christianity. We've made it about so many other things. And they're not bad things, I want to say that. They're not bad things. You know, ministry, pursuing, uh, the call of God on your life. These are all great things, but it's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. If we can turn to Luke chapter 10, And we're going to start in verse 38 to 42. I'm reading out of the ESV. But we're going to look at Martha and Mary. And I love this story for many reasons. We're going to go through this and share some things. So Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. And it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And troubled about many things, but one thing, say one thing, is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. When I was doing some word studies in this chapter, the word um, serving stood out to me. And in, in the Greek, it is the word diaconia. And this word actually means ministry or active service done with a willing attitude. It also means spirit-empowered service guided by the faith. We could also call this in our terms Christian activity. So I believe... You know, Martha gets thrown under the bus a lot. (laughs) Like, don't be a Martha. But I actually believe that Martha's intentions were really good in this situation. She was serving. She was doing something for the Lord. She was giving her devotion to God through the way she knew. Serving the Lord. Doing something that was needed. It was Christian activity. It was serving. It was in birth persuasion by the Spirit to serve the Lord, right? Right? But here's the problem. Her value system was centered around what she was doing for God more than who she was to God. And what she was doing became more important than who she was with. And you know what's interesting is that Jesus was in their house. You have Mary and Martha experiencing something completely different, right? Mary's at the feet of Jesus and Martha is kind of frustrated. (laughs) And I believe they were after the same thing, except for Martha was going about it, maybe not in the right way. There was an invitation and Jesus even says, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the one thing that is necessary. The one thing, right? And Martha wasn't doing anything wrong, like I said, but the main thing became the second thing. The main thing wasn't the very the main thing was the second thing to her, and she she had this opportunity to come to Jesus like Mary, right? And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I want to be like Mary. I want to live that way. I want to live at the feet of Jesus, where the main thing is the main thing. It's the one thing in my life. And here's the thing: you can be showing up to church every week. You can be prophesying. You could be healing the sick, and you could be in ministry. You can be CEO of a Christian company. Uh, You can be a pastor. You can have a title, whatever it is. And the main thing can still be the second thing in your life. Right? And the thing, the problem is, is that we've made being close. We've equated being close to being connected. And it's not the same thing. Just because a branch is close to the vine doesn't mean it's connected. The branch has to be abided completely. Just because it's close... Doesn't mean it's connected. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. This is what we were designed for. This is where everything comes out of, like Heidi Baker says, this is where all fruitfulness comes from. It's from this place. You know, for a long time, I live this way, and I want to share a little bit of my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad's a pastor, and he still is. Any PKs in the house? <laughs> a few. And um, I knew all. I knew everything there was to know about God. I grew up under the pew. I knew all the scripture verse memorizations, all the things. And I remember even growing up we would walk into the building and we would just hang the canes and the wheelchairs on the side of the walls because we would see miracle after miracle. And I remember asking as a little kid, why are we putting up canes and wheelchairs on the side of the wall? And my dad said, it's because we wanna remember what God has done. We wanna record the, the healings by putting them on display. And so that was my upbringing. It was revival. I remember prophets coming in all the time and, you know, my dad would bring us girls to the front and we'd be getting prophetic words. We'd be seeing like, I remember uh, cancer being healed, getting to see that, just so many incredible things. And so I grew up in an incredible environment and I got to lead so many things and whatever. There's just so many opportunities. And I said yes to everything because I believe this is what God wants, he wants my devotion, and I wanted to show God how devoted I was. So I said yes to everything there was to serve. I was like, I'm laying my life down, God. I'm going to show you how devoted I am to you, you know. And, and slowly but surely, I became exhausted because that kind of lifestyle leads to burnout. <laughs> and at age 17, I hit burnout, which is crazy to say. Only at 17, I hit burnout, and I walked away from the Lord for six months. And I heard a lot of people, (laughs) but I was tired because what happened was I was doing, doing, doing. And over time, I began to feel less and less connected to God. And I was confused. I was like, God, but this is what you want. You want my Christian activity. You want my devotion. You want me getting up early and reading my Bible, which are all good things. But what happened is that became my identity I began to think that this was the method to get close to God when already I was already accepted. I was already loved. I was trying to earn something that was already freely given. And so I hit burnout at 17 years old, I walk away from the Lord and I step into the world and nothing satisfied and praise God for His grace He protected me from really dangerous things and and the time where I almost lost my life and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, call my name and I called His name when I felt like I was being pulled into darkness and he saved me in that moment I got sober in a second and so he was pursuing me he was saying don't go there. I'm here. And so I remember hitting rock bottom. Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom before we go up. And I hit rock bottom, and I remember like the light switch went off. And I remember waking up one morning and saying, What am I doing with my life? What am I doing? It was like deception was lifted off. And I remember calling my youth pastor. Praise God for youth pastors (laughs) dealing with so much, right? We just blessed the youth pastors. I called my youth pastor and I said, I need to come talk to you right now. And they're like, okay. And the thing is, I actually did a lot of this stuff in secret. So not a lot of people knew because I had a lot of shame. And so I call them up. I get to their their office and he's there with another um, leader there and she was with him. And I just run in and I fall on the floor and I just begin to weep. And I begin to say out loud everything that I had done. And I just begin to cry and say, this is what I've been doing, I repent. And I just felt so much shame begin to lift off of me. And he looked at me and he said, are you ready to get filled up? I was like, yes. (laughs) I'm like crying and so they set me down and the leader, she's beside me and I sit down and I put my head against her shoulder And they just began to pray for me. And all of a sudden, this peace that surpasses all understanding just began to rest over me. (laughs) And I just began to feel this peace that I was so desperately trying to access for my whole life. And I remember I went into this vision. And it was like a movie playing in my mind's eye as my eyes were closed. And in this vision, there was this castle and I could see it in aerial view and I remember all these servants were going in and out of this castle and they were bringing gifts to the king and they were good things I remember seeing they were busy they were doing their thing and they would go to the king and he would receive the gift and they would go back out and they would do all their things and I remember seeing all this activity and being like God what is this and he said Janessa do you see all these people doing great things for me I'm like yeah he's like but they're servants and he said You've been a servant your whole life, and I want you to know that my kingdom cannot be inherited by servants. They can only be inherited by sons and daughters. And he said, you've been a servant your whole life. And he said, I'm calling you to come sit on my lap, and you don't have to do a single thing for the rest of your life and know that all that is mine would be yours. And this was revolutionary to me. I, have nev- I knew this somewhat, but I had never experienced this freedom before. And in a moment, all that responsibility that the enemy really put on me, that it's all on me to make my relationship with God intimate and beautiful, all that weight got lifted off in a moment. And my, de- my identity went from being a servant to being a daughter, being a servant is great. We're called to do mighty things for the Lord, but it's not our identity. It is not our identity. We are called to be sons and daughters first, to keep the main thing, the main thing, to not let it be the second thing, but the first thing in our lives. The one thing that Jesus told Mar- Martha that was necessary is this continual flow of love that can be received as you are a daughter positioned on the fa- in the father's lap. This is what we were created for. To be daughters and sons, to live from love, not for love. I'm telling you your life will change if it's just a slight it's it's a slight shift because the thing is living from love and for love it actually looks a lot alike on the outside. It really does. But what it is, it's a shift in your heart where you're no longer getting love from the title from the position from from all the things that you're trying to earn something that only Jesus can fulfill in you all it is is a heart shift where you believe i am loved not for what i can do for god i am loved because who i am who i am to him amen thank you jesus <laughs> you know after that encounter I came out and my, I had drooled all over the leader beside me, all this drool. I was like in heaven. I was like, this is another realm of peace I've never experienced. But it's interesting because after that, the Lord spoke to me super clearly and he said, Janessa, I don't want you to serve for an entire year. <laughs> that was really hard, <laughs> believe it or not. Because my identity was so wrapped up in doing things and people-pleasing, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, right? So for a whole year, I had to learn to be content with just being. I had to slow down. And when I slowed down, man, that was uncomfortable. That was very uncomfortable to slow down where I couldn't do anything. And I just was. You know, I like to ask myself that question often now. God, if you took everything away, if you took ministry, if you took my business away, if you took social media, would I be good? And I can tell if my heart's at peace where God's like, I can feel that contentment because this love that's pouring in and that's pouring out. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be content. And there's times where I ask myself that and I can feel a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, oh, where is that? What, What is happening? I need to get back to the source. I need to make the main thing the main thing. It's good to have those check-ins regularly, not just once in a while, not just at the next conference. Do those check-ins regularly. It's the main thing, the main thing in your life. That is where everything is gonna change. I'm telling you, everything changes from that place. I wanna tell you that your significance does not come from what you do for God. It's not your achievements you're significant to God because you are his child. You are significant because you are his. Not because of what you can do for God, but because who you are to him. <laughs> Come on, that's, a, that's an amazing revelation. That just undoes me. The God of the universe undoes me. Is that a word? <laughs> undoes me. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I'm under the Holy Spirit now, undoes me, undoes me. <laughs> you know what I mean, guys. It undoes me, whatever. <laughs> Thank you. My God, he's so good that he chose us, that he desires us. Come on, guys, the king of kings, the Lord of lords would humble himself and say, I'm gonna create these people so I can just love them and then I'm gonna humble myself so they have access to me and I will love them and they will love me in return. That, that is crazy that we have that kind of God, that we have that kind of loving God that would do that, that would choose us day in and day out where we are the apple of his eye, that he's like, I I desire you. I desire you not for what you can do for me, not because you can prophesy really good, not because you can heal the sick and raise the dead, although those things are great, but because you are mine. Wow, what a powerful revelation that when you come under that truth, it will change your life and you become a dangerous threat to the devil. Because he doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to know how loved you are because he is scared. He is scared. He's weak in the knees when you know that you are loved by God. Because people who are in love do crazy things. People who are in love do wild things for Jesus. You don't have to do it because you have to do it. You don't have to do all the things that are required in being a believer because you have to. You get to when you are in love with Jesus. He is so good. He is so loving. You know, I was just thinking about this pursuit that God has for us and Years ago, when we were in Nebraska, um, I think it was actually with Joaquin when he took teams to Nebraska all the time, and we were doing breakout sessions. And there was, we were doing a breakout session on joy, and there was a group of people about a room of 40 people, and there was a girl in the back. I remember the whole time had her arms crossed and she had this cold death look in her eyes the whole time. And everyone else is laughing and just receiving the joy of the Lord except for one person. So I remember as we're releasing joy, I just avoided eye contact with this one person because it was kind of terrifying. But it was interesting. At the end of this time, I remember the Lord tugged on my heart and he said, Janessa, this love that you know, she doesn't know. Can you go and share that? Because up until this point, I had really cultivated this lifestyle of keeping the main thing to my best of my ability. And I had been changed in this love over and over again. And he said, will you go share? Just a small tug. So I remember being like, okay, Lord, are you sure? But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. You know when you just can't shake it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I went to the back after everyone was leaving. And I just said, hey, miss, can I just can I just encourage you and pray over you? And She didn't even look at me in the eyes and her friend was there and I kind of was like, is that okay? And she said, yeah, go for it. So I just put my hand on her shoulder and I just began to pray for her. And the moment I put my hand on her shoulder, there was this tenacity to begin to declare who she was to God. And I felt this intensity, this, this fire of the pursuit that God was was having over this child of God, of his daughter, right? And so I just began to say, you are a daughter of the king. And I just began to go for it. I said, you are loved by God. You are the apple of his eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just kept going after this over and over and over again. And for some reason, I kept coming back to saying, you are the apple of God's eye, I couldn't escape that one for some reason. And I was doing this for like three or four minutes. And that's a long time. So I'm like, okay, God, I need to come up with more things. But I just kept saying, you were the apple of God's eye. You were his princess. You know, all the truths that we know. And slowly but surely, these tears began to raise in her eyes. And she just began to weep. And she broke. And the love of God just began to fill her. The pursuit of Jesus after her heart. She was experiencing it so beautifully. And she ended up... Just we we prayed for her, we hugged her, and then she got up and then she left. And I was like, Okay, that was amazing. Thank you, God. So we went out for lunch and then we came back and I was like, I need to find her. I need to just we had kind of the breakouts, you know, the conference area that everyone came in to worship. And I went over to her and I found her and I said, how are you doing? Can I pray for you again? Because I just wanted her to be a target of God's love. And she turns around and she's beaming. Like she's smiling. I'm like, whoa, who is this? And she looks at me and she said, you're never going to guess what happened. I'm like, okay, well, what happened? She said, I was walking to my car after that happened. And on the hood of my car was an apple. And when I saw that, I heard the Lord say, you are the apple of my eye. This is the pursuit of Jesus. And I'm telling you, this is how he pursues you. Every single day, feel it or whether you don't feel it. You are the apple of his eye. You are his dream come true. You are his dream with skin on. (laughs) You are his dream. You are the apple of his eye. And this is his greatest desire, is that you would come under the waterfall of his love and you would just bask in it. You don't have to strive to get in it. You just got to surrender into it. It's not hard. You don't have to perform to get into his love. You have to surrender to get into his love. And I'm telling you, I performed my entire life. And then when I experienced the most beautiful, tangible love and revelation, that I don't have to do anything, it changed everything. I realized that all he's after is my heart and my surrender. This is the main thing, guys. This is what we were born for. This is what we are hungry for, right? It's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's him and nothing else. We sing that, right? Nothing else will do. I just want you. That is the cry of my heart, that we keep the main thing, the main thing, that we stop being distracted. But even by the good things, even by the good things, I'm telling you, I still get distracted. I'm not perfect at this. But I know I can recognize when I'm distracted, man, I can feel the calling, the yearning, the tugging of Jesus saying, come back come back here, come back here. And it's getting easier and easier to run there quicker and not to live in this place of, I gotta strive, I gotta work harder, I gotta prove to the people around me because if you're not in this continual flow, you're gonna try to get it from everyone else around you. You're going to try to get it from your job, the people around you, from position, for recognition. I'm telling you, you will. Whether you think you will or not, you will. Because <laughs> this is what happens. The world will pull on us if we are not in this place of Jesus, your love. I'm basking. I adore you. You adore me. This is where everything changes. The one thing. The one thing in like Mary at the feet of Jesus. I'm just here. This is what I was created for. This is what I was born for. It's just to get low. There's more on the floor. There's more on the floor at his feet, at the one we love, our beloved, our beloved. (laughs) Amen. There's more on the floor. (laughs) Yes, God. (laughs) Can we just put our hands out? He's here. His love is here. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are pursuing us thank you god for your love thank you lord that you created us to be objects of your affection lord i thank you just come draw closer we open up our hearts god tear down the walls where there's been pain where there's been shame God, we just pray by your mercy to pull those walls down so we can receive the more, the love, the one thing, the main thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for your love. (laughs) It's so sweet. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Nothing else compares. Nothing else compares. Nothing else compares. Nothing else compares. compares. Thank you, Lord. You don't need to strive for it. You just got to surrender into it. (laughs) Just surrender. Just surrender your heart. Just let him come close. Just let him come close. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You know, God's never in a hurry. (laughs) He's never in a hurry. Thank you, Lord. You know, when I was researching a little bit about Mary of Bethany, it was interesting that the three times that she's mentioned in the Gospels, there's a theme. There's a theme that I found. The first is in the story that we read in Luke, where she was at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching and leaning in. The second is when she broke the alabaster jar at his feet again. And the third, is actually when Lazarus was, had died. And I just wanted to read something that I just felt I was meant to read. And it's in John 11, you don't have to go there, I'll just read it to you. And this is when Lazarus has died and Martha had just finished speaking to Jesus and he was on his way. And in verse 28, it said, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She said, the teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet, yet to enter the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was in Psalm, she fell at his feet the third time. The three times Mary of Bethany is mentioned, she was at his feet again and again and again. <laughs> Mary went back to the place where she was most comfortable. She felt home at his feet because she knew that there was something profound would happen every time she would get low to the feet of Jesus. She knew and she, I believe that even Mary Remembered the words of Jesus when he spoke to Martha in Luke 40, where he said, Martha, one thing is necessary. I can imagine Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and being like, This is what Jesus values. This is the one thing. This is the better thing. And I love that she, the other times we, we read about her, she's doing the same thing, she's at his feet because she realizes this is what the king values. This is what matters to Jesus. It's it's just getting at his feet and keeping the main thing, the main thing. Not the second thing, not the third thing, but the main thing. Her priority became Jesus and his feet. (laughs) Come on, his feet. You know, you don't need to come to Jesus when you're put together. You don't need to come to Jesus when you feel like you've got all your ducks in a row. You don't need to wait until you're polished up. Mary didn't do that. She was hurting. She was in pain. But when it said, when Mary, Martha told her, the teacher is calling, she was like, oh, I got to go. I got to run back to the place where I know everything can change. And she was real and she was raw. When you come to Jesus, you don't need to pretend like everything's okay. When you come to Jesus, you don't need to have your walls up and be like, I'm good. How are you doing, Jesus? Let's let's go and talk about your love. He's like, no, just come as you are and let me meet you where you're at. And let my love come and fill you and heal you and nurture you. Mary was hurting. And what did Jesus do, right? He came close. And what did he do? He wept with her. He showed up in her need and he said, I'm here, come here. And he pulled her in and he loved on her and he had compassion. And I love that. That was Mary's response. She, she got up with urgency and she ran back to the place that she knew mattered most. It was at his feet. It was at his feet. You know that word one thing comes up again in Psalms 27.4. David. It's a beautiful Psalm where it says, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, (laughs) one thing is the one thing, the main thing in your life. Is the one thing that matters most, the main thing. All the other stuff is good, but I'm telling you, it doesn't compare to Jesus and the main thing in your life. It will change everything. God doesn't want doers, He wants lovers. He doesn't need performance, He needs surrender. He wants your heart more than anything. More than anything, because this is what you were created for, was to be loved by him. Who believes that tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close our eyes. I just want to invite the worship. Any worship coming up? Team, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, God. God, we thank you. for this amazing love that is unconditional, that is not dependent on us. It's not dependent on what we can do. It's not dependent on our achievements. It's not dependent on anything else. It's already been done at the cross. God, I thank you that it's already been paid, that we don't need to work for something that's already been paid by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your love to fill this room right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're pursuing hearts right now in this moment, that you're tugging on hearts, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're lifting the burden. (laughs) I hear the Lord say, it's not on you. You think it's all on you, but it's not. Come to me. Come to me. I am everything, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, I just want to give space right now for us to respond, (laughs) I believe there are people in here that your intentions have been good, your heart is to be devoted to God, your heart is to give him everything, to show him that you're all in. You love him with all of your heart. But the thing is, is that the main thing has become the second thing in your life. It hasn't become the priority. And you find yourself tired and exhausted and weary, and you've been filling your space up more with doing than being with him. And I can just feel the tugging of the Lord where he's asking like he did for Mary. He said, the teacher's asking for you He's calling you. He's saying, come back, come here. And if that's you, I just want you to come up to the front. I feel like the Lord just wants to release a fresh outpouring of his love. If you feel like, man, I have been making the main thing, the second thing, this is your time to reprioritize with the Lord, to turn away, to repent. Repentance is good. Repentance is beautiful. Repentance is beautiful to the Lord where we turn away and we come back to what we were created for. He wants the main thing to be the main thing again. He wants the main thing to be the first thing in your life. It can be something so small, you guys. Sometimes this is not an obvious thing. Sometimes it's just the smallest of thing that's been just kind of eating away at our attention. It's been pulling us away. And maybe your, your outer life has become bigger than your inner life. And God wants to reverse that. Thank you, Lord. And this is not to condemn, he's just calling you closer. He's calling you closer, he's saying, come back, abide in me, abide in me, abide in my love. You don't have to earn it, you don't need to try harder. (laughs) He's lifting off the exhaustion, the weariness. And there's even refreshment in his love tonight. I just see this refreshment coming back. This first love. The honeymoon stage does not have to end with Jesus. It can get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. sweeter.